Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast, where author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions and concerns that we all have about the topic of hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead should inspire us to invest the time we have left on earth wisely. Tune in for today's enlightening broadcast. Before we begin, I just wanted to remind our viewers that they can visit our website, soulchoiceministries.org or 23minutesinhell.org, which is loaded with valuable video teachings from Bill, where he goes into more depth on the topic of hell and many other topics. And Bill has also authored six books. I'm not sure if everyone knows that. And um, we offer those along with DVD and CD teachings on our ministry website. Okay, today we're going to be defending a literal hell as it is taught in the Bible. It doesn't matter what our opinions are about eternal punishment. What does the Word of God have to say? That's right. Why do some believers and almost all non-believers reject the biblical view that hell is literal, it is eternal, and it's a place of torment? You know, some believe hell is metaphorical. Or if people experience hell on earth, after that they cease to exist. They also believe everyone is God's child. So how could a loving father, God, torture his kids? Or they think, how can a loving God send good people to hell? Or they believe the Bible is not literal, especially when it comes to the topic of hell. Or the crime doesn't fit the punishment. Or that they think, their punishment should be redemptive. These are the major reasons hell is rejected. Basically, society at large waters down hell, eliminates it, or tries to reinvent it. So why are these beliefs or this thinking incorrect? Well, first of all, God doesn't send anybody to hell. It's not his decision, it's ours. You know, and people have to realize all of us above the age of accountability are automatically on the road to hell. John 3, 17 and 18 says we're condemned already because we're born in sin. Psalms 51, 1 through 5 explains all that. So that's different than being sent there. We're all already going there. So we're all in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, none of us are can get into heaven. See, our nature is different. Our fallen nature is different than God's nature. His nature is holy. And we can't earn that changed nature, a new heart and a new spirit. He has to give it to us. And he only gives it to us if we trust in what his son did on the cross, that he suffered in our place, died on the cross and rose from the dead. And we believe that and we agree to repent of our sins. Then he gives us that new nature that's compatible with his so we can live with him forever in heaven. So see, that's why people think God is mean sending people to heaven. He's not mean. Remember. The one you think is mean is the same one that died a horrific death on the cross to keep us out. Absolutely. How, that's, how is that mean? That's the most loving act anybody could do. I mean, the way he suffered and he died for us in our place. And he rose again and defeated death for us. That's right. So he did all that to keep us out of hell. He's not, he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. It's not his will. But you know, also uh, people think that you know, a good person. They think, how still can a loving God allow a good person to go to hell? But see, our standard of good, of good and God's standard of good is two different things. James 2.10 says, if we offend his law in one point, we're guilty of all. 
If we lie once, uh, Revelation 21.8 says, All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. If we steal one thing, 1 Corinthians 6.9 says, No thief will inherit heaven. If we have one lustful thought, Jesus said that's the same as committing adultery, and no adulterer will inherit heaven. Well, that's just three of the Ten Commandments. So if we're going to be judged by that standard, would we be guilty or innocent? We'd all be We'd guilty. We'd all be guilty, sure. There's even a scripture in Proverbs 24, 9 that says, even the thought of foolishness is a sin. If we have one foolish thought our entire life, wow. that would exclude us from heaven. Now that's a pretty high standard. So none of us can live up to that standard and say, hey, I'm pretty good, let me in. You know, Job 15, 16 says, man is so filthy, he drinks iniquity like water. And Isaiah 64, 6 says that our good works are as filthy rags to God. So see, our good works are not good enough to get us into heaven. It's filthy rags compared to God's standard of good. Thank God it's not based on that. That's right. It's not based on being good. It's based on a relationship with Jesus Christ because He paid for our sin. See, the wages of sin, which we commit, is death, the Bible says, in Romans 6, 23. So the penalty for our sin is death. Well, Jesus came and paid that price for us so we wouldn't have to go to hell. He paid it. So people complain that God's mean. He's the one died and paid the price for our sins so we could go to heaven. Yes, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Now also, you know, people think that God would send his children to hell. Well, not all of us are his children. The ones who reject him are not his child. So he's not sending his children to hell. And I just want to read you a couple of verses. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of even theologians say that. That's right. That are annihilationists. They say, well, God wouldn't torture his children. Right. Well, that's a complete misnomer. Right. We have a quote we'll give later on about that. Mm -hmm. But here, I just want to give you a few verses. There's many, and I have nine or ten of them right here. But just to read you three, Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. That's, you have to have faith in Jesus that's Christ. That's clear. Okay, John 17, 9, I pray, Jesus said, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. The ones God gave him, that's us that repented Absolutely. of our sin and receive him. Then this one's really clear. Romans 9, 7 and 8 says, not because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for thy seed. So the children of the promise are the seed of Abraham, of Abraham and Isaac. So you see, he's made it very clear there that not all are his children. And there's many more there's of these verses. There's a lot verses. of verses on that. There's many more I could keep reading. But that's the point. He's not sending anyone and the people that go to hell are not, not his, his children. Not his children, okay. You know, and then one more thing, they think, well, well, what about the guy in the remote jungle that never heard the gospel? Now, we've covered this in a video that we have on, sure, our, website, on our website. Sure, on our website, But just, a just to cover a couple things, a couple points about that. That man is accountable in the jungle because of Romans 1. Uh, God said he holds all of us accountable because of creation. There's evidence of design everywhere in creation. That points to a designer. So all we have to do is show some humility if that man in the jungle would look up and say, there must be a God that made all this. Has to be, because there's overwhelming evidence of design. Well, that would point to a designer. And so God will find a way to get through to that man if he just shows an ounce of humility. Yes. A little bit saying, who are you, God? He'll find a way to get through to him. We've got the written word. He'll get a Bible into his hands to tell him the way of salvation. He'll send a missionary across his path. 
Uh, missionaries are sent all over the world. You've got DVDs, television, radio, and internet and so forth that he could tune into, that God could cause him to watch it. Sure. Or there's even a scripture in Job 33 that says he'll even give man dreams and visions to keep back his soul from the pit. Yes. So he'll give that man a dream or a vision about Jesus Christ, the way to stay out of hell. So all that person in the jungle has to do is say to God, is, to, is to look up to the sky or say, there's got to be a God. Right. Who are you? Right. And something simple. Exactly. I want to know you. And you know, in um, Romans 2.15 and John 8.9, God says he's given man a conscience to know right from yes. wrong, good from evil. So God's already put that man's heart to know there's good and evil. He's also, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he said he's placed eternity in man's heart. So man knows he's an eternal being that that there's good or bad. And so again, if he just has a little bit of humility, looks up and say, God, find a way. God will find a way to get to oh, that Oh, absolutely. Man. He'll send a missionary to them. It doesn't matter. He'll, he'll right. like you said, dreams or visions, or somehow he'll right. get through. So no one person. is in hell unjustly. That's yes. the point. Yes. No one's in hell unjustly. They knew the way, as Romans uh, 1 says, that they knew the way, but they pushed God away. Yes, exactly. See? So that's what it is with people going to hell. They knew it. They chose to reject him. Not God sending them. Exactly. I think that point needs to be real clear with people. Absolutely. You know, um, anyway, so, you know, the, go ahead and read this on the campaign and so forth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you wanted to comment any more on that. But, uh, yeah, there was an interesting article in National Geographic dated um, May 13th. Uh, 2016 and I just wanted to read a few quotes I pulled out of that because it's called campaign to eliminate hell and it says over the last 20 years the number of Americans who believe in the fiery down under has dropped from 71% to 58% and the late Clark Pinnock evangelical theologian and annihilationist this is one of the things they quoted he said Everlasting torment is intolerable from a moral point of view because it makes God into a bloodthirsty monster who maintains an everlasting Auschwitz for victims whom he does not even allow to die. So you can see the thinking of mm -hmm. why hell is being eliminated or people are embracing annihilationism. You know, it's interesting in that quote that he called them victims. So that's, that, interesting. that's an interesting point. And I know he didn't believe that the soul was inherently eternal. It was mm -hmm. only internal, eternal for those who received Christ. That's what he believed. That's what he believed. That is not true. That is not but true. But that is what he believed. And um, he believed in post-mortal evangelism. And what is that exactly? That's where you can uh, repent after you die. Okay, which is, again, that's ridiculous. false teaching. Completely against yes. the scripture. And um, that quote... Um, about the that he believes in that post um, mortal right. evangelism is we saw that on um, the book Hell on Trial, right? Pages one fifty. You know, I, I just want to address a couple things about that. First of all, he says they're victims, like you said, he calls yes. them victims. Well, they are not victims; they're the criminal. We're all criminals because we've broken God's law. See, so they're not a victim exactly. in hell unjustly. We are all uh, guilty of breaking God's law, so we deserve hell. And that's because the wages of sin is, is death, death, which that's is right. eternal death. That's right. Except also, for spiritual death. Right. And he does not believe the soul is eternal. Well, that is not true. You know, first of all, uh, Genesis 126 says we're made in God's image. 
Well, God is eternal. He made us eternal beings. Whether you believe in him or not, you will live forever in one place or the other. And I just want to read a few scriptures to show you that the soul of man is eternal. Uh, listen to these verses. Psalms 26.9 says, Gather not my soul with sinners. Now, he's David saying, Don't gather my soul with sinners where they're going to go. So they must exist after they die. So if they think that a soul does not exist, that it's annihilated, well, that's, that verse just disproves that. Exactly. Okay, Psalms 49, 15, God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol. God's going to redeem our souls from the power of Sheol. So that shows the soul will exist in Sheol, which is the Hebrew word for the, for the current hell. Yes. Or Hades is the Greek word. Isaiah 38, 17, Thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of destruction. And Job 33, 28, He will redeem his soul from going down into the pit. He's going to redeem it. He's redeemed us out of going down into the pit. Yeah, why would you redeem? Something that doesn't exist. Exactly. Right. And Proverbs 23, 14, And he shall deliver his soul from hell. So God has delivered us from hell by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. So we wouldn't have to go there. But our soul is eternal. Uh, there's so many more verses uh, that I could give on that. But, um, you know, Ecclesiastes 12, 7 says, And the spirit of man shall return to God. So man's spirit, when he dies, the body goes to the dust, but the spirit returns to God. And then God sends it to hell yeah. or uh, takes them into heaven. Sure, sure. So, okay. But it's showing. And there's many more verses on the soul being eternal. No, those are, those are to excellent to read. Um, also, I wanted to, um, here's another, this is part of the article, but this is the editor from Christianity Today, Mr. Golly, and he says, a traditionalist view of hell, however, does not necessarily mean fire and brimstone. I certainly wouldn't agree that hell is a place of literal fire or t torment. I tend to be more favorable toward the metaphors that talk about hell as the absence of a love of God, and that would be a miserable existence. So then that, again, is proving how a lot of people think hell is metaphorical. And then he goes on, when it comes to heaven and hell, if God had wanted us to know definitely one way or the other, he would have made himself more clear. But he left just tantalizing hints about what might happen. One can move forward happily and live with that mystery. So that's interesting. Again, he, he, he's saying God wasn't clear in the scripture. I know, which is completely false. Jesus talked about hell in 46 separate verses and, to, and made it crystal clear. And I'm just going to read you maybe 10. Yeah, and then there's more verses even in the New Testament and the oh, Old, yeah. of course. Right. Yeah, there's 150 <laughs> verses that <laughs> yeah. talk about hell So there's quite a, quite a few. Right. So just what Jesus, go ahead. And the, and the word hell or pit is used 128 times in the Bible. Wow. So I don't know, he, God couldn't have made it any clearer. But I'm just going to read you some verses. This is from Jesus. So if you think it's not clear, listen to these verses. Matthew 13, 40 through 42, Jesus speaking, he's, he said, And therefore uh, the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. 
Now that was clear as a bell what's going to happen at the end. Uh, the angels are going to separate the wicked from the just and cast the wicked into a furnace of fire. It says that also in Matthew 13, 49. Matthew 25, 30. Jesus said, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Doesn't sound like heaven. No. Uh, Matthew 22, 13. Bind him, Jesus again, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, not heaven. Matthew 24, 51. And he shall cut him in pieces and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, cut in pieces, that, that's again, no, obviously yes. not heaven. This is getting pretty clear. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 44, this stone on whomsoever it shall fall will grind him to powder. The stone he was talking about was himself, will grind a person to powder if they reject Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Wow. This is a loving God, okay, and he is loving. But he's also, there's another side to God, the just and holy uh, God that yes, he's demands ju judgment. You don't want to face him as your judge. Right. And Matthew 25, 46, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. So there he made it clear, just as heaven is everlasting, so is hell everlasting. And we'll talk more about everlasting a little bit further on. Matthew 25, 41, Jesus said, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So he just told us there that the, the wicked, the people that reject him, will go to the same place as the devil, everlasting fire. And it talks about that in Revelation 20:10, where Satan is cast into the lake that burns with fire, and he'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. So again, that's clear. Mark 9, 47, Jesus said, And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It's better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Where their worm dies not. They have these maggots feeding on them in hell. Oh, Matthew awful. 18, 8, Jesus again said, You'll be cast into everlasting fire, into hell fire. He made it clear it's everlasting. Matthew 3.12, unquenchable fire. Mark 3.29, eternal damnation. And uh, just a few more. Luke 12.4 says, Be not afraid, this is Jesus again, Be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that they have no more they can do. But I forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he has killed has power to cast into hell. So he's telling you there's something worse than death coming. It's yes. being cast into hell. So that means you would still exist. That doesn't mean you're going to cease to exist or annihilate like some people believe. Or you're eventually going to get out of hell as universalism teaches. That's, that's clear. It's not. Yes, absolutely. You, and just a couple more. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 6, But whoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. So he's telling you again, there's something worse than death. Yes. If you offend one of these little ones and cause them to stumble and end up going to hell. So he's telling you there's something worse than death and worse than being drowned in the sea. Yes, okay? absolutely. That's existence in hell. Uh, Luke 16, 23, Jesus talked about the rich man. And he said, in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And the rich man said, I am tormented in this flame. Uh, Luke 12, 46 says, you'll be beaten with many stripes or beaten with few. And uh, I, I could go on and on, but I think yes. that's enough to give you a flavor yes. of uh, 
that hell is eternal, it's a real place, and I don't know why these people miss it and say that Jesus didn't make it clear. I know, it's interesting too, you know, you have to be careful who you listen to. Just because someone has a PhD after their name doesn't mean they're correct on doctrine or, on, or follow the Bible. That's right. You know, so so you've got to check it out for yourselves. You know, don't even, even what we say, we encourage people to study the Word. You know, and if you don't have this book um, yet, I just wanted to, to let people know, you know, not everyone knows you have six books, but if you don't have this valuable resource, Hell, Separate the Truth from Fiction, um, I just encourage you to get it because Bill's got all the scriptures in the back uh, in an appendix, mm -hmm. all categorized. He confronts a lot of the false teachings in this book. So it's a great resource if you want to go into a deeper study. You know, and I just wanted to quote um, something else from that article. This is... Um, from, uh, or no, actually, this is a quote from Hell on Trial, page 141, but it, it backs up mm -hmm. what, what we're talking about today. John Hick, he's a British philosopher of religion, and he said, um, if we see as the heart, if we see as the heart of Jesus' teaching, the message of the active and sovereign divine love, we shall find incredible and even blasphemous the idea that God plans to inflict perpetual torture upon any of his children. So there again, another person believing, a theologian, that we're all God's children, which we are not, right. and you just went over those scriptures. So You know, and again, to point out that Jesus is inflicting this upon them. You know, he's the one died to keep us out. Absolutely. You know, well, how can they think that, that God's mean? What else could he have done to keep you out? But he gives people a free will. He gives us a free will to choose. You know, we're accountable for our decisions. Absolutely. We can choose to, to follow him and go to heaven. And we have about three minutes left. So That's all we have left. <laughs> I know. We're running out of time on this broadcast. Wow. But there's so much to talk about. So that's why we're going to continue this discussion okay. in part two. But um, what would you like to say to, to, to the audience? And we still have, you know, a couple minutes, two and a half minutes or so. You know, heaven is open to all people. That's inclusive. God is inclusive. He's not shut out anybody. He's made it open to everyone. You know, so... To yeah. get into heaven, Right. right. So, you know, people say it's narrow-minded, this one-way business. It's open to the whole world. How is that narrow? But it is narrow in this sense. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He said he was the only way to heaven. You know, if you want to live at his house, you got to do it his way. Why would you try to create your own way and deny what he said of how to get to his house? And listen to these verses. You know, he died for everybody. The sins of the whole world. I just want to read you a few of those verses. First John 2, 2, he said, uh, but he died for the sins of the whole world. First Timothy 2, 6, who gave himself a ransom for all. He gave himself for all. Hebrews 2, 9, uh, he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Acts 2, 21, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You just have to call on the name of the Lord and repent of your sins. John 6, 40, Jesus said, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. That's Jesus' words. But he also, John the Baptist said in John 3, 36, He that believes in the Son has everlasting life, but he that believes not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now that's abundantly clear that Jesus is the only way, 
And if you reject him, the wrath of God will abide on you. It's just that but simple. But it's a choice, right? It's a choice. People don't have to to, to go right. to hell. Nobody has to Nobody go to hell. Nobody has to. God loves everybody. He died horrible death to keep you out. It is your choice. Please do not go to this place. You just have to make up your mind to believe the, the Word of God. And that the Word of God is literal and it, hell is eternal. It's exactly what God said in the Bible. Don't let these false teachers sway you into believing something that's not scriptural. We're sticking to the Word of God here. And all they have to do is call out on Jesus and say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. And I ask you to come into my life and I receive you now yes. as my Lord and Savior. You just say a simple prayer from mm -hmm. your own heart and, and God will meet you right where you're at. That's right, that's right. So if you do that, make sure you tell someone or write us and uh, let us know. Thanks yes. so much for joining yes. us today. Thank you. Join us for part two. We're going to continue this. There's much more to cover, and we really appreciate you being with us. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate this program, and share it on social media outlets. To stay in touch with us and learn more about this ministry, consider checking out our resources at soulchoiceministries.org.